greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. to the Hogan Era Podcast. I am your host, J.P. John Paz, right here on the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire, part of the TMPT feed. 
Of course, each and every week here on the Hogan Era Podcast, we're talking about the greatest era ever in the history of the wrestling business, 1984 to 1993 in the WWF, the Hogan Era, the era that made Vince McMahon a retired billionaire. Each and every week here, we're talking about some of the greatest feuds and moments and matches ever in the history of the business, which, of course, all predicated around Hulk Hogan and his many, many feuds and his enormous drawing power. So right here this week, we'll be talking about Brett the Hitman Hart. In the past, we've talked about Hogan's big feuds. I mean, Piper, Savage, Andre the Giant, Big Boss Man. I mean, we've talked about some enormous feuds that he had. Now, this is a much smaller feud on a much smaller scale, but there's so much more info to it than just the few matches they had or them being a part of Royal Rumbles together or the um, handicap matches that they were a part of. There's a little bit of deeper history here. There's something between them that we'll get into maybe a little bit further is the fact that they were supposed to have a feud. This was supposed to be the Hogan swan song was supposed to be against Bret Hart. And instead Hogan changed his mind. You know, obviously uh, it wasn't creative control brother. Like it was in WCW, but obviously you're the biggest star of all time. You're the biggest money maker of all time. You can get in Vince's ear. You can kind of tell, you know, Pat Patterson or whoever the booker is at, at that time. Hey, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. This this would be better. I'd rather feud with this guy. I'd rather do that. And, hey, it's, it's Vince McMahon's decision to agree or disagree with it. If Hogan doesn't want to do it to a point, yes, he may not do it because he's, he's the Hulkster. He's the biggest star of all time. But look at WrestleMania six, for instance. Hogan kept saying, Warrior's not the right guy. I don't, I don't, I don't think I should job to him. It should be somebody else, you know, pass the torch, yada, yada, yada. But Vince obviously has the final say. He said, nope, Warrior's the guy we're going with, and that's the guy you're jobbing to. And then, of course, Hogan wins the title of WrestleMania seven, and he's like, Vince, told you so. I told you I'd be back on top. Warrior wasn't the guy. So it's just a you know interesting thing in the business where people are like, oh, Hogan, you know, his, his political power, and he did this and that. When he's in the WWF, especially at this time period, Vince McMahon's got the final say. I mean, he always did. He always, um, you know, until basically his retirement recently, he always had the final say. Whatever he says goes, and, and that's the, the final answer. So if Hogan says, hey, I'd rather lose to Yokozuna, we can really build this guy up, and, you know, he, he can end Hulkamania and all this other stuff, yeah, then then you, you go with it that direction because Vince wanted to. But the whole thing with Bret Hart was, why didn't Hogan want to, job to him what did hogan not see in him why did hogan kind of you know move away from from the hitman and go toward yokozuna this big 600 pound monster and the whole thing to me is really when you break it down hogan says he was too small he's too small of a guy he's more of a wrestler not this big over-the-top character he wouldn't beat hulk hogan you know, he it's it's I don't know it's it's all on on the uh, the eye of the beholder if you will I mean if somebody believes that and they think that yeah maybe but do you you know the fan out there do you guys agree with it do you think that you know Hulk is justified or or Hulk is right in, in saying that or thinking that that Brett wasn't the guy at that point or, or Brett was too small and even if Vince thought Brett was the guy he was the champion did it justify the actions of Hogan not wrestling Bret Hart in the WWF and, and Hogan not putting him over. So it's kind of up to the fan. 
to me, myself, I would have loved to see Brett versus Hulk Hogan. I'd love to see Brett go over and then Hulk kind of, you know, right off into the sunset. Although we saw riding off in the sunset is him going WCW and then eventually beating WWE for two straight years and uh, creating the NWO. And obviously Hulk and Mania was pretty damn strong down there as well. But to me, uh, I would have loved to see that. I think that would have been great. That would have been awesome. But it just wasn't in the cards. And Hogan kind of nixed it. And he'd rather lose to the, the giant sumo wrestler Yokozuna. But hey, Hogan put Yoko over, no problem. You know, um, he had the Hulkamania tour over in Europe, and then he was on his way as Vince thought for whatever crazy reason that Hogan was old, done, and he wasn't going to draw anymore. Boy, was he wrong on that. And boy, did I end up biting him in the ass big time. And it almost put Vince out of business, oddly enough, crazily enough. So with Hogan and the Hogan era and Bret Hart, let's just first start off with Hogan and Bret, the history together. They actually first wrestled in 1979 believe it or not bret hart the male from calgary alberta canada was in gcw not game changer they were talking about georgia championship wrestling 11 5 1979 sterling golden aka the immortal hulk hogan defeated bret hart in augusta georgia then on 11 20 1979 sterling golden again beats bret hart in warner robbins georgia so Interesting history going all the way back to 1979 with Hulk and Brett. So people were kind of saying, oh, they didn't have a one-on-one match. Hey, technically, Georgia Championship Wrestling, they hit two. So then let's go to New Japan Pro Wrestling, 1984. 2-6, 1984, Akira Maeda and Tatsumi Fujinami defeated Bret Hart and Hulk Hogan in 10 minutes. And that was in Hachimo. Ayamori, Japan. Not that great with some of the other Japanese, but it was an Ayamori, Japan, part of the New Year Golden Series 1984. Then on 2 1984, Akira Maeda, Antonio Noki, and Kimura defeated Hulk Hogan, Bret Hart, and Iron and Mike Sharp in 10 minutes as well from Aichi, Japan. So they do have a little bit of history together, obviously, Bret and the Immortal Hulk Hogan. They also had some matches in WCW as well. Obviously, that's not a part of the Hogan era, but just want to kind of bring that up as well. In 99, they had about six house show matches against each other. All went to a no contest. They had a bunch of tag matches together. They actually had a match on 9-28-98 Nitro where Bret Hart would defeat Hogan in 10 minutes in Rochester, New York via DQ. But if you remember correctly, it was a total schmoz. It was going along good. Then Sting comes out. Then Brett turns on Sting, and obviously Brett ends up being with Hogan and, and obviously leads into Halloween Havoc. Brett versus Sting, Warrior versus um, Hogan, and then on 10, 12, 98, before Havoc, leading up to it, they had the huge main event of Sting and Warrior defeating Brett and Hogan in about six minutes or so from the United Center. Huge show, but that was via DQ. So, I mean, they had some, some altercation together. Obviously, the NWO Hollywood, Brett would be in with Hogan. Um, they had a bunch of tag matches together, but that's just kind of skipping ahead and just putting all the Hogan history out there that's non-Hogan era. So as we get into the Hogan era, 4-23-1987, it's a dark match, part of the Superstars taping number 36 in the Worcester Centrum in Worcester, Mass. Billy Jack Haynes and the Immortal Hulk Hogan defeated the Hart Foundation, Bret Hart, Danny Davis, and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Then on 1-5-1988, Part of Superstars taping number 72 at the Van Braun Civic Center in Huntsville, Alabama. The mega powers of Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage defeated the Hart Foundation, Bret Hart, Jim the Anvil Lineheart, and the Honky Tonk Man. The match went about six minutes. You can actually find these matches on YouTube and on Daily Motion. 
So they're really good stuff. I would really highly recommend checking them out. Not long matches at all, but very good, very entertaining. And they will have a really, really big part of history for later on. And I'm just going to kind of tease that a little bit. And I'll get back to that in a second. But just want to also mention Hulk and Brett were part of the 1990 Royal Rumble in Orlando, Florida, at the Orlando Arena. Won at 21-1990. And obviously Hulk Hogan wins that one. Last throwing out Mr. Perfect. And then they were together at Royal Rumble 1991 as Hulk Hogan defeated Yokozuna last to win that one. That was one nineteen ninety one. Two of my favorite Rumbles of all time, obviously, both won by Hulkster. Hulk threw out Earthquake last on that one. They're just, uh, I don't know, those are t- time pieces to me. Timeless, really. I love those Royal Rumbles. Those are the best. My favorite Royal Rumbles are really 89, 90, 91, 92. I mean, those are the, the best to me. You could throw in 97 and, and a few others that are really good in 2001 but, and 2002. But those are really the best. 89, 90, 91, 92. So, okay. What was I saying about the handicap matches? Interesting that Hulk Hogan remembered them so fondly. Now you think to yourself, what is what is Paz talking about here? Paz is nuts. No, I always talk to Kevin Sullivan, do the interview or the interview series, if you will, but the podcast Taskmaster Talks. And I said, hey, how come Bret Hart didn't get a fair shake in WCW as far as like better creative? And he said, hey, don't look, look at me, brother. I, you know, I want to. I had him a few Rick Flair first. He beat Flair. You know, he wanted to move him to the top of the card, but it was Hulk who had ultimate creative control and seemed like he was controlling a lot of careers by 10, didn't see Brett as the top guy, even though he was WWF champion, even though the Montreal screw job happened. And that was one of the biggest moments ever in the history of the business. He still wasn't seeing him as this huge draw. He still wasn't seeing him at his level for some reason, which is very interesting. And Kevin said, and this is funny, he said he always brought up the hard foundation handicap matches that that is so weird he said yeah he said man i was wrestling this guy in my prime in this big era and i was wrestling him in handicap matches with me and billy jack haynes and me and macho man and we're beating him and honky tonk man and him and and danny davis and 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 obviously nightheart in both those matches but for some reason hulk remembered that and that's was the mental model that hogan had for brett that got stuck in in his head that that brett was the handicap guy he was the smaller guy he was not on his level but it's funny, that was 1987, 1988. We're talking about 1998, 10 years later. And Brett became one of the biggest superstars of all time. I mean, five-time WF champion, eventually, obviously, a, a two-time WB Hall of Famer. But it was just one of the things where, wow, Brett's one of the greatest of all time, such a great wrestler. Maybe he's not that over-the-top character like Hogan, where he's got charisma out, out the yin-yang through the roof. But it's just so interesting to think, like, wow, that's the mental model Hulk had on Brett. He was, he was stuck. In 87 and 88, he was stuck in the Hogan era, and he wouldn't kind of get out of that. He just thought that he wasn't really the guy, which was so interesting because so many fans, so many people thought Brett was. Obviously, he's got a gigantic fan base still to this day. I mean, he's just one of the greatest of all time easily. So it's just the way it goes sometimes. I mean, Hogan just he didn't see it, so he wasn't believing it, and that's what happened later on post-Hogan era in WCW, why he kind of didn't get this gigantic push until really Russo came in. And Brett became, you know, the number one guy in the world champion a few times over before the unfortunate injury with Goldberg and that match. And, you know, the rest is history there. But that's just so interesting to me that Hogan had that in his mind forever that he was, ah, it's not a draw. He used to wrestle in the handicap matches. He's a small, smaller guy. Brett was way past that by the time he got to WCW. I mean, he was one of the biggest stars in wrestling, one of the most talked about stars. So, man, it's just so fascinating, interesting to hear that from Kevin and really get that that piece of information that I don't think was out there. A lot of people didn't realize, like, wait, 
I guess Brett's too small. Hogan didn't want to drop to him. He had 87 and 88 in his mind the entire time. So then there's this interesting other little tidbit with Hogan and Brett as well. So in 1993, supposedly, they're building up to Brett versus Hulk Hogan at SummerSlam. Now, there's so many interesting rumors about SummerSlam because obviously Brett ends up fighting, fighting Doink and Jerry Lawler in the same night. And awesome matches. The Doink matches through the roof. The Lawler matches are awesome. I mean, great show. Love it all around. Obviously, Yokozuna and Luger are the main event. For some reason, Luger just went on countout. Should have won the world title there. Huge, huge mistake. A huge misstep there. But, I mean, that's a different story for a different day. There was also another rumor that Hogan was going to be a part of this show. And they kind of set it up. Um, if you, you could find the picture online, which is great. Hogan has a stare down in the ring with Giant Gonzalez at a house show. And it was um, after his match with Brutus, the Mega Maniacs, against the um, Money, Inc. And it's funny. You see the smoking guns out there. Like, guys are out there to kind of break it up, if you will. But they were kind of teasing Hogan versus Giant Gonzalez at SummerSlam. And they have, the, they have a stare down. And that was also a rumor. So you'd have all the matches that I said that were in place, but also throw in Hogan, Giant Gonzalez. But they decided to go, obviously, a different direction with that as well. And it was Undertaker, Giant Gonzalez instead. But as far as that goes, it's like, okay, so that's a Hogan rumor. But Hogan leaves the last matches against Yokozuna in Europe on 8-6-93 to part of the Hulkamania tour. And then he's gone. And then Hogan is is gone. And he goes to WWE. We don't see him again until 2002. But that's the last match of the Hogan era for the immortal Hulk Hogan. Really, for, for everybody. I mean, that's the end of the Hogan era there. But before that, they were thinking about Hogan and Brett for SummerSlam. That was going to be the big main event. Brett even says they had a photo shoot where there's a picture out there. I've never been able to find it. They probably deleted it and, and got rid of it, but it, it was never circulated to the public ever at all. There was a tough tug-of-war picture, part of a photo shoot between Hogan and Bret Hart, and they were having the tug-of-war with the WWF world title. So the only thing was there was that Yokozuna wouldn't have been champion. They'd have to maybe keep the title on Brett, but that was the direction they were going. And maybe King of the Ring doesn't happen, and maybe or, or maybe Hulk beats Yoko again, and then it leads to Hogan versus Brett at SummerSlam. But Hogan didn't want to do it, didn't want to drop to Brett. Obviously, the match is not going to happen if Hogan wins. Vince doesn't want to do it, so it would have been Brett either... Uh, losing to Hulk or Vince not doing the match at all because he doesn't want Brett losing to Hulk, even though Hulk wants either to beat Brett or doesn't want to work with Brett or just won't do the job. So they kind of had to go in a different direction. Obviously, Hogan loses at King of the Ring, and he's not even really thought of. I mean, he's never seen on TV again. He's only on the house shows. And really, it's one of the things where Vince went in a different direction. He went in the Okazuna direction, Lex Express. Dropped the ball with Lex and win the title, but that was the direction he was going with Brett still being a top guy and still being a major focus in the show. So Brett versus Hulk obviously never happened at SummerSlam 93, and that's a big what if. That would have been awesome. I think that would have made the card really, really over the top. I think it would have made it one of the greatest SummerSlams of all time if you have Brett and Hogan in the main event. I think they would have tore the roof down, but it's not to be. It does not happen. So obviously Hulk loses to Yoko. And the rest is history. But the thing is, at WrestleMania 9, I think that pissed off Brett. And that pissed off so many people that Brett loses to Yokozuna. Yes, Fuji cheats. Yes, Yokozuna wins the world title. But Hulk Hogan comes in afterwards and then beats Yokozuna in 10 seconds. And he's the champion out of nowhere. Because Fuji makes the match. He makes the challenge. Kind of makes Brett look bad in a sense. And it's funny. For a while, I was kind of against it. 
And I was like, man, yeah, that was that sucked. Like Yokozuna could win or whatever, or Brett should have beat Yokozuna. That would have been great. But Hogan coming in, kind of stealing Brett's moment and kind of making himself the main eventer and kind of sending the former world champion Bret Hart back down to the upper mid card. Although King of the Ring happens and Bret Hart then beats Razor Ramon. Awesome match. Mr. Perfect, one of the greatest matches of all time. Unbelievable. Check that match out if you haven't seen it. It's awesome. And then beats Bam Bam Bigelow in the finals and then starts to feud with Jerry Lawler. So, I mean, he really put himself back into the main event that night. I mean, he was really, you know, he carried that show. It was unbelievable. Despite the pretty good Yokozuna Hogan match and Yokozuna winning, Bret Hart was the MVP of that night. Completely carried that card. But the thing is, okay, Hogan beats Bret there, but... I mean, beats uh, Yoko at SummerSlam and then loses at King of the Ring. And then, you know, Brett has his history. But the thing is, the crowd goes nuts when Hogan wins. It was such a great surprise. They were pissed at Yoko when they didn't like it. Hogan wins. They were loving it. They had a, a huge pop. So I can change my mind on that. I actually kind of like the fact that Hogan wins there just because the crowd loves it. So you can't argue with the crowd. I just thought it was a really, really cool moment. And maybe looking back, Brett could be pissed or fans could be pissed. But I don't know. I, I changed my mind on it, to be honest. I love it. I love that. Hogan ends mania like that and ends up winning and beats Yokozuna. Great stuff. If you ever seen the pictures afterwards, Vince McMahon comes in the ring and he's excited as hell and he's raising Hogan's hands. And, you know, it's a really, really cool moment. If you haven't seen that picture, try to find that picture of Vince going crazy. I think it's part of the WrestleMania nine documentary that they did, which is really, really good stuff. So, Interesting stuff there as far as the Bret Hart Hulk Hogan feud, almost like the feud that never was, even though there was a lot of inter- interactions between them. Obviously, everybody remembers WrestleMania 9 and kind of the flip flop there, where you know Yokozuna is basically the transitional champion between Bret and Hulk, but then Yokozuna gets it back, and we never get Bret and Hulk at SummerSlam 93. Very, very interesting stuff there. Just to quickly run through, because I don't want to take too much time here going through Brett's history because it's like you know pretty pretty damn well known but he made his WWF debut 829 1984 teaming up with the Dynamite Kid defeating Iron Mike Sharp and Troy Alexander six minutes on Maple Leaf Wrestling it was a TV show taped in Brantford Ontario Canada then if you really look at it I mean 84 to his last match obviously Survivor Series 1997 as far as his WWE WWF run excuse me um, losing to Shawn Michaels there. That would be his last match. Obviously, the Montreal Screwjob happened, so you could say loss, but um, I don't really know if you can necessarily count that as a loss. But really, Survivor Series 97 is his last WWF match. As far as the Hogan era is concerned, which was almost basically going to be the christening of the Bret Hart era, but it doesn't quite happen like that, which is uh, quite a shame. You could A lot of people do say it's the Bret Hart era, but it's funny that they went to Yokozuna for a while. Then Diesel, I mean, Brett would be the champion kind of sprinkled in, obviously, multiple times. But it was never really his official era. I mean, he really got cut short. You know, he may blame it on Hulk. A lot of people may blame it on Hulk. But it's really, you know, Vince and his ideas and what, what kind of he thinks and where he wants to go in the direction. So, you know, you can't quite blame uh, the Hulkster for that one to me. Anyway, I, I just I just can't do that. Um so really his last match, a part of the Hogan era, would be 8-1-1993, defeating Mr. Hughes in a house show in Richfield, Ohio. He'll have a bunch of title matches all through the months, many, many months, especially um, 
in July, having a couple title matches against Yokozuna, usually defeating him by DQ. There's a huge house show match on 8-13-1993. Technically, you can say it's not part of the Hogan era, but you kind of can, I guess, in in a certain sense, if you want to say the end of the Hogan era is August. Really, uh, 8-13-1993 in Madison Square Garden, a huge house show, steel cage match. Yokozuna defeats Bret Hart in 25 minutes good stuff there they'll have a bunch of other cage matches in california stockton california san francisco anaheim and then san antonio california and they're all cage matches where yokosuna defeats brett hart then obviously like i mentioned SummerSlam, brett beats doink brett loses to jerry lawler by dq and that's 8 30 1993 auburn hills michigan at the palace of auburn hills and I guess you could say maybe that's the official end of the Hogan era. If you want, I say it's 8693. But there you go. There's Bret Hart's history in the WWF during the Hogan era. The few that never was, that almost was, that should have been, that could have been, that could be. So let's wrap it up. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at 2 Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com. And, of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. Check out tpublic, tpublic.com slash store slash tmpt. Or type in TMPT or the Hogan era in the T public bar there, their, their search bar, and you'll see some awesome Hogan era apparel. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you right back here next week for a little Hogan era podcast. We'll see you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother. Cap match. Billy Jack Haynes and Hulk Hogan going against the Hart Foundation, but add in Danny Davis. That's where it's a handicap. Question is, why would you do it? Well, quite obviously here that uh, Billy Jack and Hulk Hogan are suffering from some uh, low self-esteem. There's no doubt about it. Maybe they're suffering from a very low self-opinion of themselves. Low self-esteem, in other words, it's two against three. Come on, right? You don't have to be a mathematical giant to to appreciate the simple fact. You got three guys. You got the Hart Foundation, Danny Davis outside looking, and all you got is Hulk Hogan and uh, Billy Jack Haynes. Maybe some people think that's enough, two against three. All right, well, let's get to the match. Let's check it out. Hulk Hogan and Billy Jack Haynes going up against the Hart Foundation and Danny Davis, and you talk about confidence. Well, you know, Hulkster and Billy Jack have that. They signed a two-against-three match. On the other hand, maybe they're thinking that Danny Davis really isn't that much of a third wrestler. As Danny is still very new to the ring. They call him Dangerous Danny. How about Daffy Danny? Billy Jack Hayes in the ring against Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Certainly, you can't take the tag team champions lightly. What a matchup here. Hart Foundation and Danny against Haynes and Hulk Hogan. Now Billy Jack looking for some approval, some words of confidence from Hulk Hogan, who may hop right in the ring now. Look at Hulk. Billy Jack hasn't done a thing yet, but he's looking toward Hulk. 
Listen to this crowd getting riled up here as Hulk Hogan comes into the ring. Billy Jack Haynes just came out as a presence. Perhaps to get the anvil out, then they switched up and had the match if they want, I would think. Hulk against the anvil. Good spin around by the anvil. Roundhouse right misses. Hulk turns it around and hits both of them. The anvil goes flying. The hitman was hit hard. <laughs> Look at Danny Davis. Danny's trying to hide behind Jim the Anvil Neidhart and Brett the Hitman Hart. Well, you wonder who has the handicap advantage here. It looks like Hulk and Billy Jack are giving away the man instead of the other way around. Now, who's going to come back in the ring? Jim the Anvil says, okay, I'll do it, guys. Looks like Danny Davis with Brett the Hitman. They don't want to get in the ring. Hogan's pointing at Danny Davis. Well, gentlemen, who's it going to be? <laughs> it's a little ridiculous here. Handicap match, and you think at the Hart Foundation that Davis would down a couple of men the way they're going about this. Now Hulk and the Hitman. What's with Jimmy Hart on the side? Look at that drop. With Jimmy Hart on the side, you got a four-on-two situation. And here comes Billy Jack Haynes. Big elbow drop. Couple of roundhouse rights. And Haynes now riling them up here. Another capacity crowd on hand. Hulkster's on the, the second rope. He's on the second rope. Oh, my. Got him right on the wrist. Hey, if you're Brett the Hitman hard in this situation, you want to get to the corner and get out of there. He's taking a beating. And now Haynes is back in to work on the Hitman. As you see both the Anvil and Davis leaning over trying to get in there. Although Danny doesn't look too, <laughs> too interested in getting in the ring, does he? Hogan's still pointing at Danny Davis. How'd you like to be in his shoes at this point? <laughs> Mr. Davis could pay for all his terrible officiating over the years. Billy Jack Haynes with a knee drop. Oh, my. And an elbow drop. This could be it. There's two, but the anvil gets in there. After he didn't catch it, now he's pointing to Hogan to get out of the ring. Meanwhile, was the anvil who was the second man in. Now the anvil going to work on Billy Jack Haynes. Davis hasn't done a thing but holler and hide. I, oh my God, did you see that? What straight by Jim the Anvil Neidhart. He picked up Haynes by his hair and then dropped him three feet. Ouch. Now the hitman in there. He's on the second rope. Look out. Got the elbow to the neck. Well, look at the confidence turning around now with Billy Jack Haynes in there in a two-on-one situation. And the referee not keeping them out. Hart Foundation coming in liberally and freely. Now the hitman back. Look at Davis holding on to Haynes. No one's over there. Come on, ref. 
Now it's a three-on-one situation. And Haynes took a couple of shots before the ref noticed it. Billy Jack's got to get out of that corner. And this distraction is a little ridiculous here. It's the veteran referee. Haynes in trouble. Knee dropped to the back. Rob just cheering on, hoping Haynes to get over there and get Hulk Hogan back in. Daffy Danny now in the ring. A real macho foot there from Danny Davis. That's about it. Two on one situation. Hulk Hogan's going to even it up here. Now the anvil back in. Off the rope. Close line of beauty. Both the anvil and the hitman. Boy, they're really giving Billy Jack Haynes a beating here. Now on Billy Jack Haynes. Going for that lower back and Jim the Anvil right out without question. One of the strongest there is in the World Wrestling Federation. Haynes going up and down the back of Billy Jack Haynes as Hulk Hogan leaning over, trying to get in there. My goodness, what a bear hug on Billy Jack Haynes. The anvil, of course, hoping for submission. No! Hank turns it around. Trying to get on over there, get Hulk Hogan in there. They're so close. Inches away now. Did he get him? He did. Hulk Hogan's coming in. They're still taking care of Billy Jack Haynes. Wait a minute. Did the ref miss that one? The referee did not see the tag. Oh my, what a tough break for Billy Jack Haynes, who's been taking a beating. And finally, Hulk Hogan got the tag, but the ref didn't see it. Now another leg drop on the head of Billy Jack Haynes. How long can he stand this pressure? Shot to the head. Off the road, possible clothesline. No, he ducked under it. And Haynes and the hitman both go fly. Well, who took the worst of that one? Todd getting wild up here, looking for the holster. And now the hitman coming in. I beg your pardon, Jim the Anvil is in. But Haynes able to roll out and get the tag. Here comes Holster. And look at the Anvil backing up. Couple of shots to the head. Into the ropes, look out! Oh my! 300 pounds of power coming in and knocking the anvil down. Hulkster taking over. Atomic drop. Into the close. Oh man, into the ropes to take a big foot from Hulk Hogan. Now Hogan takes care of Brett the Hitman Hart. Haynes is in there. We have four on four. And there it is. Is that it? I think Hogan got it. And now they're going to take care of Danny Davis. Ho-ho! What an effort by Hulk Hogan and Billy Jack Haynes. Big right coming. Into the ropes. Oh, did he cross Danny Davis? 
Hogan going to work on Dangerous Danny. Doesn't look so dangerous now. We're going to pick up the Here decision. your winners, the team of Billy Jack Haynes and the World Wrestling Federation.